and welcome to the Listen Louder podcast, a place to have open and honest conversations around mental health. I'm Megan Gilbride, the host, and each week I'll be discussing various mental health topics with my guests. For the best experience, try listening on the Entel app, where you'll be able to see and access links to exactly what we're talking about. Hi everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Listen Louder, the podcast. I think I should probably start off by just introducing myself and telling you a little bit about what I do and how Listen Louder has come to be. Um, My name's Megan Gilbride. Um, When this podcast goes out, I will have just turned 30, so (laughs) there's that. Um, And I'm a full-time blogger. I've been doing it full-time for four years. Um, Before that, I worked in interior design and I did my blog alongside that for a couple of years. So I've been blogging for about seven years in total. So to explain what Listen Louder is, it's basically going to be a mental health podcast and a mental health community. I want it to be a safe space for people to feel heard. um, And I think it's really important to keep the conversation around mental health going and to stop people feeling ostracized from their existence essentially because I think the one thing that anybody who struggles with mental health issues can identify with is that it feels like a really lonely place to be Um, and I want to try and help break down that stigma a little bit. So we'll be doing weekly episodes of the podcast and I'll have guests each week so from this episode onwards Uh, you won't have to listen to me talk as much Um, and yes I'll have guests on talking about everything under the mental health umbrella really from eating disorders to depression anxiety bullying um, body issues body image anything you can think of really will hopefully be covering it Um, and the idea for listen louder came to me after first sharing my experiences online with mental health Um, As I said, I've been a blogger for quite a few years and I have battled with anxiety for the best part of a decade. But after I was diagnosed with depression, I took to my blog to share my feelings about it. Um, I also shared some images alongside the copy in the blog post that were quite a raw representation of the physical effects that depression had had on me. Um, And it felt like an opportunity to say, hi world, who normally sees the like shiny, happy side of my life. uh, This is how I look right now and this is how I'm feeling. And I explained it as feeling numb and hyper aware simultaneously. I think sometimes I would feel nothing. Sometimes I'd feel everything at once. And sometimes there would be a reason and sometimes there wouldn't. And it took a long time for me to seek help. The depression had really started to manifest in physical ways before I realized that was my body's way of telling me that something was wrong. And not being able to get out of bed, brush my teeth, clean my face or my hair, it was a lot of pressure on my body as well as my mind. And I did feel incredibly alone. And I think we all do under those circumstances. And at the time, sharing my experience felt like my own kind of therapy, and I suppose a way to let others know that they weren't alone either. And the response to my blog post, which I will link in the Entel app if you want to have a read, uh, was incredibly overwhelming. 
and the common ground between everybody's responses was that they wished they had a place to be open about how they feel and ultimately listen to. And I sat on the idea of creating a sort of online and on offline hub um, for over a year and it did feel like a lot to take on personally. I think being in kind of like the depths of a depressive episode, I didn't feel ready to take it on at that time but I also wasn't really sure that I would be able to do it justice and I'm still not really. Um, I suitably spent the whole of last week having anxiety and panic attacks about whether I would be totally rubbish at doing a podcast Um, but here I am anyway giving it a go. So being the first episode and subsequently being on my own for this one I thought the best way to kick it off would be with you guys. So a while ago I asked on Instagram if anyone had any questions about my mental health journey um, that I would be able to answer on here. So that's what I'm going to do. Let's get cracking. Okay so the first question that I got sent was how to tell friends that you're struggling without having to say too much. And I think that this is a really good question when it comes to kind of anything that you're struggling with, but particularly for me when I had my depression, um, I found the best way for people that were immediately close to me, so like my friends, my family, anybody that would notice if I wasn't around to contact or see, um, that I would send out kind of a blanket text message to everybody. I wasn't really capable of communicating it in person to people how I was feeling so I drafted this text message that basically said this is how I'm feeling and I'm getting help but I'm not at my best and I might not be the best friend at the moment or the best person to be around and I don't really want to talk about it but I just felt that you should know my position and the response I had to that from the people that I really cared about was really reassuring and made me feel so much better it lifted a weight from my shoulders to just make me feel like I've dealt with that I've like crossed that barrier to say I'm not okay but you don't have to do anything differently just bear with me and I would say if you are struggling to kind of communicate that to people that you care about then that might be a good way to start The next question is, how does your boyfriend handle your down days, mind struggles to understand? Oh, this is quite a difficult one because I do have a boyfriend that is very understanding. Um, He's been very good of dealing with my ups and downs. Um, But with any relationship, I think whether it's focused on you, you being down or not, you will always have good and bad days. And when things are getting a little bit more difficult for either of us, I always find the best way to talk about that is communicating it on better days. So if he's really struggling to deal with how I'm feeling and how I'm managing that, I will he will speak to me and approach me about it on a day where we are both feeling good so we can be kind of constructive and like it won't be so heightened of a discussion basically. And I do think it is really, really important to have people around you who support you when you are struggling, just generally in life anyway, really. But if you are a person that that struggles with your mental health, having people that will take the time to understand, and if they don't, taking the time to learn how to understand, because it doesn't come naturally to everybody to be able to manage 
people's emotions in that way. But it is it is really important. And I have been in past relationships where that support hasn't been there as much. And it really does have such an effect on on how you're able to manage your your daily life. And I think it yeah, it's it's kind of priceless having not just a boyfriend or a girlfriend that supports you, but friends and family as well. So the next question was, what sort of things do you do to help you stable mentally and physically? Okay, so I think keep yourself stable mentally and physically. Um, For me, the thing that I was really lacking when I first was diagnosed with depression was routine. I was living between my parents' house and my boyfriend's house and I didn't have my own place and I was working from home and I was a little bit all over the place really and I just didn't really feel like I had anywhere to be. Um, And as soon as I moved into my house that I live in on my own, I established a routine that just kind of changed how I felt daily, really. One of the things that um, really helps me is is just doing the the same thing every day. Obviously, being self-employed, you you change it up and you'll go to different places and see different people. But for the days that I am at home, it's really important for me to know what I'm going to be doing at the start of each day. Even if that's something as simple as like every time I get up in the morning, I make my bed straight away. Like something as simple as that can really help like keep my mood a bit more stable throughout the day. And also really carving out time for myself because working from home and being a blogger, I think you can a lot of the time uh, not really relax and switch off and so I have to really make sure that I dedicate time to just focusing on myself whether that's down days from the internet or whether it's going out with people or my boyfriend or whatever it is just making sure that I have that time for me really helps and how do you encourage yourself to get out of bed in the morning on days you're feeling down? This is a really difficult one because when I was in the kind of depths of feeling really bad, I didn't. Um, and I do think it is quite important to acknowledge how you're feeling and let yourself feel that way. I think if you are able to get yourself out of bed, obviously you should. Um, but I, I did really struggle when I was feeling really bad. And the one thing that actually changed that and turned it around for me was getting my dogs, which might sound like a really silly thing. Um, but I got my corgi um, just a little while. Well, actually, I'd lived in my house for less than a week and I got my corgi. And it really did completely change how I felt. Um, I had to get up in the morning. Um, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't really liken it to that. But having that purpose every day, like she wouldn't be fed if I didn't get up and she would need to go to the toilet and she needs to be walked. And those really simple basic care levels that I was failing to give to myself, I was able to give to something else because I wanted her to be happy and cared for and that really changed everything really for me to be able to get up in the mornings I really felt like I needed and I craved that sense of purpose and the next question is are you in therapy 
Uh, this is a really interesting one because I would like to be in therapy, um, but I've had quite a negative experience with trying to seek help in that way. I did go to my doctors, I saw my GP, and um, I sought advice from her. And at the time, I didn't really feel like I had time on my side to be able to wait to have um, therapy through the NHS. Like, I, it felt quite urgent for me to get help straight away. Um, and my GP wasn't actually able to offer me any advice on where to go to get that help privately. So I kind of just took to Google and um, found myself in a bit of a rut, not being able to find any therapists that were A, available, or B, that I could afford. And I ended up not going, and then I'd got myself in a kind of rut about not doing it through the NHS because I'd already said no, and I couldn't really go back, and I, I just haven't gone back, and I definitely should. I think that anybody I know that has had therapy raves about it and says that it's an amazing thing, and it is, obviously it's not available to everybody, and it's not affordable for everybody, and... I think if, if you do have access to it, then it's probably best to, to utilise it. Um, but I think actually even just being asked that question is going to spur me on to have a little bit of a look into what other options I have apart from private therapy, because I don't think even if I could find a therapist now, I would be in a position to be able to afford it privately. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's not right for everybody, but I do think it's an option worth exploring because ultimately, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because I think talking about stuff really does help. So, is there anyone really close to you that just doesn't get it? I really sadly actually have lost a very close friend over this situation. Um, it was a friend that I've had since I was in um, secondary school, which is a really long time ago now. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly everybody in my life has been incredibly supportive. But I do think when you struggle and you can't be the person that you used to be in the same way that you used to be for people, it's a real shock to the system for a lot of people. And I am the kind of person who I kind of give everything to a relationship, um, especially friendships. Like I invest myself really heavily and sometimes that can be to my detriment. But in this particular friendship, I had always very much been the the person who would always be there for them. And it was, they lived a little bit further away from me and I would always make the effort to, to be there and visit them. And um, when I became poorly, that dynamic changed and because I wasn't able to be there physically um, and a lot of the time actually even just verbally I, I, I couldn't manage speaking to too many people at, at one time our friendship kind of took a turn and it changed a little bit and um, it got to the point where without kind of communicating really how they felt that they just decided they didn't want to be my friend anymore and that was a, a really difficult thing to stomach because when you've been friends with somebody for so long and you've been through so much with them, you would kind of hope that people would be understanding of you not being in the best place. Um, and I think it it's really made me realise, I think going I'll be going into my 30s this year, that 
you can only give so much of yourself to people and if that's not enough then you shouldn't really have to stretch yourself to be able to be the person that they want you to be I think with friendships it's a two-way street and how much effort you make should be equal really and if it's if it's not equal that's fine but if you can't always meet them at 100 percent there should be a little bit of leeway and you would hope that there would be but yes so to answer the question yes there there was somebody that that didn't really get it and I I do understand that people don't understand anxiety and depression like there is still a real disconnect between people being able to see something physically and sympathize with it and then you seeming like being seemingly okay on the outside is really difficult for people to navigate well you look fine so you must be fine and it's just an excuse um but i think when you do have experiences like this it's quite easy to like what's the word when you you want to kind of like narrow out the people that really that you do want to have with you and supporting you through things like that it's you you might lose people but ultimately it's probably for the best in the long run and yeah I think it's I'm lucky that I do have a lot of people that support it but I think there's there's always going to be people that do struggle to understand right do you think mentally ill people need to take medication to be okay or can they live without it this is totally subjective and totally dependent on each and everybody's individual circumstances I personally do take medication um, because my serotonin levels when I was in a really bad place had completely depleted and I wasn't able to get them up by myself and they had their downfalls but they have really helped me so I think that yeah it's it's totally subjective and I don't think you should have to have medication there are definite definite other ways that you can manage mental health Um, but I am also not adverse to them either. Okay, and the last question is, what are some daily methods or products that you use to cope with anxiety? Okay, so I have a few different products that I use every single day, and then I have a few different things that I do um, daily or weekly or monthly that kind of help me and keep myself like myself feeling better so the first product that I use is rescue remedy and I've used that for years now and that is mainly for my anxiety over anything else Um, I just find that it's a really easy thing to use to help kind of level out any illogical thoughts it just I use the pastels when I'm out and about um, and I use the like night spray at home and it does it just really helps to even out my my mind and my thought process and yeah just it's it's an affordable accessible way to for me to have access to something that helps me feel a bit more calm and I have two products that I use at night time um, that just really help me with relaxing more than anything. I think nighttime for me and for probably a lot of other people as well is the time where I will be most anxious because I've finished everything I'm doing for the day and I am alone with my thoughts and that can be the worst time of the day. And so the two products that I use kind of religiously and I think maybe a more of a placebo effect now than they were in the beginning, but they work for me are the Lush Sleepy Cream and just their range in general. 
Um, I use the shower gel. I use the shower, um, the sleepy cream. I use the sleepy face uh, cleanser. So I'm a bit of a lush fan. Um, but it smells heavenly. And it just, it it really does relax me and it makes my skin feel good and like yeah it's just a really lovely relaxing ritual to do before I go to sleep and I also use the this works pillow spray which I've used for years um and my boyfriend is now tagged along even though he has zero trouble with getting to sleep but he has to have two spritzes on his pillow as well now just because it's one of those things I've just got myself into a routine just breathing in like really lovely like calming lavender smell is just yeah really nice and then the things that I do that make me feel better I think when I am feeling particularly anxious I will stop looking after myself as well so um I'll be more inclined to like eat a load of chocolate and crisps and a load of crap really if I'm feeling anxious as opposed to eating well and looking after myself and my diet so I do find that food and drink has a massive impact on how I feel so when I can recognize that I'm going into a bit of a anxious state I will make sure I do simple things like having something really good to eat and I drink a lot of um, herbal tea so like things like fresh mint tea is something that I drink a lot and I know that it's good for me and if I'm treating myself well then it kind of helps alleviate my anxiety a little bit if that makes any sense um, and walking is another thing that really helps me like I said before I have to walk my dogs every day and I have times that I do that each day twice a day and that like just being outside and it, it might sound like a little bit oh, I don't know I don't know if pretentious is the right word but like just being outside with like nature and not inside cooped up with your own thoughts is like so freeing to me and I particularly love it when it's a bit of a crappy day and it's raining and I'll go outside and I'll listen to a podcast or I'll just be like outside and with the girls walking and not listening to anything apart from what's around me and I do find that just getting some fresh air sometimes really does help with my anxiety and the last thing that I do and it's something that's actually been a recent addition to my routine is swimming I hate exercise like I can't tell you how much I hate exercise <laughs> I used to do musical theatre um, and that involved a lot of dance and I did really enjoy that but any kind of like cardio or gym or anything like that really just I can't get myself in a routine and I do feel good after I do it but I never keep it up and swimming is the one thing that's made me feel really good um, if I'm feeling down, if I get in the swimming pool, I just focus on my breath and swimming and getting from one end to the pool of the other. And it really does help. Like, I don't I don't know why, but I know that obviously exercise does help to release endorphins and make us feel better. But it's given me a sen another sense like the food and drink does that I'm doing something good for my body and that that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. So yeah I've been really enjoying doing that as well so I hope that that helps cover that question off okay and I think that that's everything really I hope that some of that information might be helpful to you guys um whether you're currently struggling with your mental health or you know someone that is I just wanted to give a little insight to how I deal with my own mental health and the things that help me along the way 
Um, and yes, we'll be back for weekly episodes. So make sure you tune in for the next one. And um, yes, as I said at the beginning, the next one will be with a guest. So it won't just be my voice continually. And ultimately, yeah, what I want to do with Listen Louder is to break down that stigma attached to mental health. And I do think that that starts with a conversation. So I hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at listen.louder. I'd love to chat with you.